you you hung up on me the first time and then phoned me back. <laughs> like we're chatting for like a few minutes, started talking about some random shit, and then you and Tim started arguing with three girls on the table next door to you because one of them was wearing too much denim. And I'm just like, what, what the fuck are you talking about? And then you just hung up on me again. I was like, I, I'm going to bed. <laughs> fuck you guys. Hello and welcome. I'm Steve. And I'm Al. And I'm Brett. And this is Fools with Tools, a podcast for the cinemal, cinemal, cynical cinematographer. Cinnamon. 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 Ah, Cinnabons. Cinnamon crunch. See, I... Uh... I, is it, is it I the like same cinnamon. thing as Golden Grahams? Did they just rebrand yeah, it? Yeah. I think there's more honey versus cinnamon situation Bullshit. going on there. Yeah. Yeah, but Americans are weird because to Americans, cinnamon is, is a sweet thing. And it's not. It's a spice. It's because they put sugar in with it. Cinnamon and sugar are yeah. always a thing together. It's weird. Right? It is cinnamon sugar. Mm. Yeah. Ow, what have you been up to? Uh, just... <laughs> Covering myself in cinnamon sugar to annoy That's Steve. A sexy image. So sexy. Um, <laughs> <laughs> I've been a busy boy. Hey. I've been a busy boy. I actually had some fucking time uh, to do some stuff that I wanted to do. Um, so I exhausted the plumbing supplies in uh, in Yorkshire. <laughs> and uh, how exactly did you do that? Um, I rang up every single place and went to every single store in order told to get them all to flush their toilets at the same time. Them. Yeah, and see which ones go clockwise. Um, and basically to find all the different fittings that I need to make the t-shirt cannon, which I'm building as part of the Fool Fly series. Tira, uh, And then I spent all day yesterday making props and costumes <laughs> for a video. <laughs> Because as we all know, that's more important than the build itself. Absolutely. Um, <laughs> but it's super fun, uh, and I've got a cool costume, which uh, Ellen says I have to wear to make a fair in a couple of weeks. <laughs> yeah. Perfect. <laughs> yeah, and then today I've been on with the build. So I've been having a really awesome couple of days where I've just nice. been getting on with shit, and it's making me happy. Good. Yay, we that like happy really good. And I did the gardening. <laughs> There's an owl in the garden. James's uh <laughs> yeah. yeah story earlier on. I've got the same soil as James, which is basically just <laughs> cubes of clay. Yeah. I like it. He was like, Yeah, Al was talking about gardening last week. He was like, Didn't you ask me about the soil? <laughs> <laughs> Thanks for listening so closely, James. <laughs> we all we all chipped into the soil story. I know. Even it was Mercury likes soil. I, I loved his book. Well, like is the fact is the fact that how many people were then commenting completely random things. I was like, oh, you haven't listened to the episode yet. You know, <laughs> yeah, yeah. I did I did like James's story though of just being like it's wet and also dry and that makes no <laughs> sense. Oh bless him. Other yeah. than watching James's story, what have you been up to, Brett? I posted the tiny axe build video finished completion, Yay. all that nonsense. Um I really like that video. It was good. I appreciate it, man. And you you were a big part of me being able to even closely accomplish what I did, <laughs> which there's still tons of things I would love to do better if if I was to attack it again. Yeah. Aside from like the handle, you know, of course you do all this tiny forging and it's extremely difficult and way more challenging. And then I just carve 
a handle that I've done, you know, a couple dozen yeah. times now. And it's also <laughs> that big out of wood. And you're like, wood is yeah. so easy to work with. I love this. <laughs> Especially when it's basically a toothpick, you know. Yeah. Makes it a hell of a lot easier. Um, but I got the video out. Uh, I'm working on a few little secret design things at the moment, which are tedious, but fun. I like all of those things. And... Uh, looking at my schedule again, I've, I've really got a few weeks to get the blacksmithing area set up with Jimmy, which means we have yeah. to not only build out the structure of it, but then move all the equipment, make sure that the power hammer is maybe tweaked a little better than it is. I don't know. There's just a ton <laughs> of the laundry list of to do's for that specific yeah. thing is going to be pretty pretty intense i must i'm i'm really looking forward to coming over and not going anywhere near that power hammer because mechanical power hammers scare the shit out of me yeah well i'm gonna make you do it anyway (laughs) if we've got the forges from sam that can get easily up to forge weld temp and play around with some bigger crazy dumb stupid pieces of metal we should do that yeah but yeah your little your little uh the little power hammer pneumatic one that you have is is so much nicer and so much quieter. Oh, I I love pneumatic power hammers. Mechanical ones, I just oh. Welcome oh. to Power Hammer Talk this week, guys. <laughs> uh, we're gonna be touching on nope. Speaking sorry, of, I went down that line of reasoning, my bad. Yeah. Um sorry, just uh this probably isn't good podcast stuff, but I really need to ask you. If you did you watch um uh, Andrew Alexander's um, blacksmithing tools, his stories the other day with the really, really bad welding. Yes. They were fucking hilarious. I know. Anybody, I if, you're not, uh, if you're not watching, if you're not following um, blacksmith tools um, on Instagram, go and follow him because his stories are the best ever. I um, I have to add this little thing in about Andrew. Uh, a week ago, I was about to drive three and a half hours to pick up an anvil for him that is, there was only four known to be in existence. Yeah. He found a fifth of this one Hey Buden axe or Hey Buden anvil. Um, and the guy was selling it for a lot cheaper than it's probably worth because it's effectively yeah. priceless. And so I almost hopped in the car just to do it for that guy because he's, he'd be <laughs> worth it just to be able to be like, Hey, my old Brett, going over there and find an anvil for me. Oh, man, he's so fucking good. Do you know if he's going to, because isn't he, is he going to be um, loaning he's, you guys some anvils? Uh, he might be swinging up here. We're not confirmed on that, but cool. Yeah, because I, I just fucking love to meet him. Yeah, he's a great guy. Steve, what have you been up to? Uh, what have I been up to? I, uh, I've actually, I booked a load of time off work. So I've, Ooh. Ooh. well, I booked. I booked one shift off. So as well as Al having some time to do stuff in the workshop, <gasps> I've also been doing stuff in the workshop. Yay. Um, unfortunately, mine's not been for build videos or anything like that. Mine's just been getting on with some fab work. Um, fab. But, fab. fab. Uh, but it's been really nice because there's been, over the last couple of months, there's been a shitload of of problem solving and uh, like sketch work and sitting down trying to figure things out with the, the knife board um, because it's just been one of those if I have a chance to to get on with it, I'll get down there. I'll I'll start working on it, and then suddenly realise that I don't have the right bolt, or that I'm missing mm-hmm. this, or that that idea isn't going to work, or whatever. Um, so there's just been a, a shitload of kind of sitting down and trying to figure out, okay, well, what am I? How am I actually going to build this? 
Could you um, make like a miniature or you know a prototype? <laughs> maybe, but maybe once I've actually finished it. Oh um, no, I don't mean that's like a fancy thing to make. I mean to help you build it is what I mean. Ah, uh, right. I see. Uh, yes and no. Um, to be perfectly honest, it would have been. It, it, it sounds stupid, but it kind of would have been a wasted effort because it was just a case of having to figure out with the full side, like with the um, pillar blocks and things like that, mm. how they're going to be held in place and and all this. Um, it, what would have been a lot easier is if I was um, good with SketchUp, so I could have just drawn it out in there. Um, but, uh, but yeah, uh, it was really good having done a load of um, like theoretical problem solving uh, to just crack on and actually get the thing like starting to come together. Um, Solve as uh, you go, man. It's the way to yeah. do it. Yeah. Well, it, it kind of, it was and it wasn't, but the, the trouble was is every time I was trying to solve as I was going, I'd literally, I'd have a free day and I'd get 10 minutes work done on it because I'd come across another issue that I hadn't already thought of. And then I'd have to go into town and getting in and out of town takes three hours because they're rebuilding all of the roads around here. And it mm-hmm. just, it just meant that I was never actually gaining any traction with it. Um, so I'm now to the point where I've got one more um, thing that I've got to fab up and then I can actually put everything together and actually get it all stood up and, and working. So hopefully tomorrow when I'm in the shop, I should have that finished, which means I can then go on to fun things. Um, but yeah, because I'm, I've got a bit of time off, me and Jazz actually had a weekend off together. So we went to the Steam Fair and it was <laughs> fucking brilliant. And there were steam engines and things and it was great and then we came home and just chilled out and watched a really good feel good film we watched uh the secret life of water mitty which i don't know if you guys have ever seen but it's got ben stiller in it and he's actually good in it (laughs) um which is weird because it's it's ben stiller um but yeah and we were going to talk about it because the the sound design in that film was actually really good. The the soundtrack and everything, it, it worked really, really well. Nice. Brett. What's that? That was, your, that was your cue. I don't understand what the cue was. There was no question. It was just, we were <laughs> going to talk about that. <laughs> we talked about this in the pre-show. Yeah. We were gonna talk about, yeah, yeah I, I was going to talk about <laughs> that. Right, and then so you were yeah, going to go into thing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So sound design... We all were chatting about it in the pre-show, but it, it, you know, creating the atmosphere, creating the the feeling behind a movie or your YouTube videos or even an Instagram post, if it's a video or something like that. You know, Instagram started adding in that that music option now. Mm -hmm. So I love putting music in those because it's just kind of sells the idea a little bit more. Right. Yeah. Um, Steve, we've mentioned a handful of times about your videos that you're one of the folks out there that really doesn't use music very often, if at all. Um, but we all love the fact that the forge sounds are as apparent that they are and, and how you let things kind of slowly play out and breathe, right? It's, it gives your channel a very good aesthetic and a very unique aesthetic amongst other people that just, it's all loud and you hear all the loud noises and it's all fast and rock and roll music and everything. Not there's anything wrong with that. You asked that question, Steve, once about um, can I show a real-time piece of steel cooling down on an anvil? Oh, yeah. yeah. And, 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 it's, and it's just like, if anyone's going to do it, it's you. You know, <laughs> if, 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 you know, um, Scorsese had said, oh, I want to shoot the whole opening scene of this film in one shot. Like, yeah. you know, 
if anyone's going to do it, it's going to be him. And it works. And it's amazing. <laughs> and, you know, most people talk about Goodfellas in that way because. Yeah. Else yeah. You know what? I didn't want to. I wanted to try to see if Steve would pick up on it. <laughs> but there is a shot in my video that is basically a visual dedication to one of your videos, <laughs> which Al just spoke of. I filmed the entire accent cooling down. I just hey! let it sit. For like twenty yes, seconds on the screen. I wanted you <laughs> I to go. Hey, I haven't even like made that. that connection. <laughs> yeah. Well, I did that and was it was just a little secret. Oh, like was, a, an Easter egg for Steve. I was a watching Steve the, the Steve's I was watching the Blackbeard and uh Eric Hansel Rescue combo build thing. Um, yes. which is brilliant fun. If you haven't yeah. seen it, go and see it. Yeah. Um but when when Blackbeard's uh making I think he's making some tools. Oh yeah, he's making the um the sheath for the axe. Yeah, yeah. And he's doing like a montage, but he's some of it's in reverse. Yeah, as, as, really like, as, as he's hitting the metal, it's getting hotter. Yeah. <laughs> it totally freaked me out. I was like, "No, what's going on?" Yeah, it was really cool. Well, you know, sometimes reversing reversing a piece of footage can also be as effective as playing it in real time. So, yeah, which leads me on to an interesting point. Ah. A lot of people poo poo the Resident Evil series, right? Of films, I think they're. Fantastic. I think they do exactly what you expect them to do from a film like that. Um, and obviously like Billy Jovovich. Um, But <laughs> I think it was the 43rd film in the series. I can't remember what it's called. It's just... Uh, 40, 41st. Sorry, 47th. Um, ah, okay. it, yeah, Resident Evil concoction or something. But basically <laughs> the whole opening scene is in reverse. And I watched it in the cinema and it was just absolutely mesmerizing. Like the, yeah. the, literally, like sort of four or five minutes is just completely filmed in reverse, um, and it was amazing. I'd, I'd never seen it before. You know, the films like Irreversible, which are like experimental films, but they're not really in reverse. This was literally in reverse. So like explosions and shit going backwards and like running and jumping. And it was just re- it was really fucking cool. Mm-hmm. Um, and it set me in the mood for for the rest of the film, and and it was stuff like that. So I know we talk about inspiration, and obviously we get a lot from pop culture. Um, but I think there's really interesting techniques that aren't necessarily, you know, characters like, oh, you get inspired by like Scarface or something. But it might be actually like Steve that you're saying, like the sound engineering in, in Walter Mitty, you know, that's not what they were intending. They were intending the film to be this this uh, sort of creative adventure, uh, you know, lose yourself and, and, and be inspired that way. But actually you, you took out of it that the, the audio was fucking brilliant. Yeah. <laughs> um, I think that's really interesting that we've all got things to offer. Um, but we also pick up on little things. I think yeah. uh, Brett is probably going to go on to it, but Red has been doing the 10 films in 10 days thing on, on Facebook where you just post something and don't say why it's one of your 10 favorite films, most influential films. Yeah. Um, and it's great because it's not saying like, I love The Matrix Reloaded because it's got the best car chase ever in a film. It's just put a film up and don't say why you like it. Um <laughs> Sorry, just laughing at Brett's face when you said that. That was uh, an example. I'm not saying that is the best catch I've ever Brett. That was me doing an impression of someone else. I'm um, not saying anything. I'm just sitting here. <laughs> yeah, I say it all. Um, but it's great because you're just putting for something up there and saying, I love this film. I'm not going to tell you why. Yeah. I think that's really interesting. Yeah. I mean, I, I think one of the, the great things about uh, doing that kind of thing and, and the fact that it is just, it's it's one still image of that film um is it kind of lets you you pick out because because one of the things that we all have to do as part of what we do is the fact that you have to be able to tell a story in a single 
image. Like if you're posting something on Instagram, yes, you can put you know, a small, a short clip on there, and you can put multiple photos on there and, and all that. It's easy, but, just pop it over an envelope. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> but uh, but most of the time, like we're trying to tell a story in a single image. Yeah, and and I quite like the the challenge of of not only picking that film that's, that's influential, but picking a single image from that film that um that that kind of describes that film and is is going to make even someone that hasn't seen that film understand just a little bit about it. Um which kind of comes back to to what we do. You know, I I'll put up a, um like the one I had which some random fucker reposted today as well. Um the image I did the other day of the little Sloyd blade next to the to the Sloyd. hammer. Um, that was uh, still really hot. So, you know, I, I took the photo while it was still glowing hot um, and trying to, so you could see the the process by which it was made in that, that single image because, you know, it had the anvil in it, it had the heat there, it had the hammer. So it was, all those visual clues were there. Um, and I think it's quite nice. I think it's something that we, we're starting to see more and more in the, the really interesting um makers on both youtube instagram and you know even even those that are just posting on facebook the fact that they're they're not just posting those um those finishing or finished glamour shots where it's just putting a bit of water on some wood it's it's trying to tell a bit more of a story and a bit more of a background to to what they're making yeah and much like film since that's what the basis of the conversation is today one of my one of my favorite things to kind of uh, adhere to is the fact that creativity and, and artistry in whatever we're doing, be it photos on Instagram or whatever, you know, a lot of people use the platform for plenty of different things, but there are a majority of, of the folks that of course that we interact with that like to spend the time to take a good photo, right. Or tell that story like you're saying, but similarly in film, and and like Al said, even with a movie like Resident Evil, there's going to be somebody in that director's chair that just goes, I know action films do X, Y, Z. And I know yeah. that's what makes a successful action film. I know that's what's been done for 50 years. I want to do something different. And I love the idea that film specifically for me, because I, I really do like movies and I, I ingest them. I, I fiend for them, right? But I love kind of you know bigotures let's say bigotures in the lord of the rings mm-hmm. films as a as a very specific example when i found that out in the extra features of how they did helms deep for the first time i remember being absolutely just gobsmacked like they made this beautifully detailed thing and somebody basically went if we make it too small it's not going to look right so they go yeah. great make it 50 feet it's still going to be smaller than building the real one yeah. And then the way they mesh that together was like old map paintings. But that's yeah. the step that we've taken. You know, guys used to paint a piece of glass in the original Star Wars movies. And it would look epic. And those guys were artists, 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 because their shot would be on film for three seconds. But it had to look real. Now you get guys that go, I want to take it a step further. I want to make it real. But we're going to make it look like it fits in the movie. You know, yeah. so those steps, those progressions of creativity in the and the forward thinking of things, shooting an entire scene and then running it backwards in the final film. That's no one would sign off on that. Yeah, that that's, it's like a student like project. Isn't it? Like, <laughs> yeah, I want to do this yeah. really experimental thing, but no. Try okay. and explain memento. 
Yeah. Uh, like yeah. the production notes of Memento. Just to have somebody try and explain that to you. How would you shoot that film? Yeah. yeah. How would you tell that story effectively? And like, blow your brain. It's too yeah. complicated. I, I must admit, I, uh, I had Memento ruined for me because I did, um, I did a A-level in... Oh, you watched studies. it backwards. And well, I... <laughs> I didn't know about it at the time. My teacher brought it in and was like, oh, we're going to watch this film. It's going to be great. And then played it backwards. And they got to the end and it was like, I don't get it. What's, what's so great about the film? And then she was like, oh, we just watched it backwards. You're actually supposed to watch it this way. I was like, oh. Why would, did you do that? <laughs> so you fucking ruined the film for me. <laughs> <laughs> um, it's like putting you on stage with a magician and then just kind of going, yeah. right, you're going to sit behind them the whole yeah. time. <laughs> You're going to hold up cue cards to tell you exactly what they did. Yeah. But, uh, but I think you, you both brought up really interesting points there. And I mean, I'm, I'm not going to, to dwell too, too long on the, on the point that you made Brett about the, 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 just the behind the scenes, what goes on in, in terms of like um, set building and prop making and things like that. Cause we could spend, we could spend an entire fucking series of podcasts on just that. Yeah. Um, we'll do a part two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight. Yeah, uh, we'll make sure that, that no, no. retribution. Yeah. Yeah. This is episode Apocalypse. four. This is episode four. We'll do five and six, and then we'll yeah. go back and do some prequels, and they'll be yeah. garbage. And the, yeah. <laughs> um, but yeah, I mean that, that's the thing is like you you look at um uh, at some of the sets that are now attractions in their own right, like um Harry Potter, for example, like that uh, the Harry Potter experience world thing. Is is now this this huge thing, and it was like you said, it was something that was going to be on on screen uh, on screen for just a few seconds, and uh, and now, like you were saying with with the experimental side of things, and I think that's something that again feeds back into to the community now is you're starting to get people playing around with things a lot more. You like Paul Jackman is a perfect example. You look at it's like, just a perfect example, <laughs> perfect <laughs> specimen. <laughs> Um, but you look at the things that he's he's doing on film now, and and they're all very very simple, like little camera tricks and things like that. But they turn what would be a boring, you know, five second segment of him taking a pallet apart to a really funny five second segment of him mm-hmm. pretending that you know he just rubs a t shirt on it and it suddenly all comes apart, sort of thing. And <laughs> and like adding in those little tricks and those little experimental bits. Um, uh, I think it keeps things interesting. It keeps the whole YouTube maker scene kind of moving forward. It it it, it allows people to to then do that themselves. If if you've got one person that's kind of leading the way, or one group of people, whatever that that's that's leading the way and and doing those kind of weird little things that you that you do, you pick up from watching films, um, and then. Yeah, everyone else can kind of follow suit. I think it keeps things a bit more interesting rather than it all just being the same format over and over and over again. Yeah, but that's that's one of the biggest um, conundrums that we've got going on in, in the makerspace is do you make what everybody else has done because it's successful yeah. versus do you try your own thing and let it be a creative, I don't know, it's just a creative path for you to take yourself yeah. down because it feels like the right thing to do. Yeah. I mean, cause, cause one of the things that, um, that I started, I just remembered that I was kind of trying to lead onto was the fact that, um, Brett, your latest video, um, I dropped you a message earlier on and, and said the, 
the fact that recently your videos have been going very much down the the kind of uh fantasy sort of of, of make-believe thing where you you know you each um each project has a, a little fun story behind it and you you know you're putting lots of really cool little quirks and things into it and then this one being a, an almost straight build video and and the fact that you sat down at the end and you you talked about um the the difficulties of the project and and how you know you you kind of had to take a bit of a step back and and reassess things and then you carried on and you know you made these mistakes you made failures and, and things like that because it was so departed from your normal style it i think that hit home a lot more um so i think it's quite good to be able to kind of mix things up a little and like i'm i'm sure at some point there'll be a video where i feel it's it's worth adding music in but i'll do that when it it feels right and when it feels like it's actually going to add something to the video rather than just doing it because i didn't have very good sound recording so i just wanted to to cover it up which i think is is kind of something that happens with a lot of people they they know that those tool sounds aren't exactly the nicest in the world so they'll just cover it up with music and and i think having that kind of bit of a a jump adds like makes a bit more of an impact yeah but that's why you know movie sets have external recording and adr (laughs) and fully sound work and everything because yeah it's near impossible to pick up the sounds of the things you actually want the sounds of versus the things you don't want the sounds. So, you know, Al, Al does his, uh, he does VOs a lot of the time, or he's had a couple of videos that he's definitely done voiceovers on. And I actually, that's yeah. really, Al doesn't go, here's what I'm doing. Step A, no. step B, step C, whatever. It's always that he's telling a story while you're doing it. Yeah. So you're, you're involved in the build and watching it, but you're getting to listen to Al tell you the story about, the nachos, you know, that was <laughs> fantastic. Or making the, the yeah. tobacco salsa stuff that you did, you know, that was just yeah. hearing like, the story about that chef was amazing. I think also yeah. it's like what, what, what it is you want to do as well. So on the, um, oh, brainless, for example, I didn't do a voiceover. Right. Yeah. Cause I just wanted it to be like a scene from evil dead. Just like <laughs> <That's> <laughs> because you have the first 10 seconds of that video is still my favorite 10 seconds that I've seen out of any video. Just the right sound for just quiet yeah. and then snap. And then... <laughs> um, but yeah, so even getting things like that where like I have some real fun on the, the full Metal Al trailer doing like Foley work. Like I, I, yeah. I it's such a fun job. Like I'd love to do that for a living just to like make fake sounds for things. Yeah, by, by things you find lying around. You know, if you think of all the iconic things in cinema, like you know Chewbacca or a lightsaber or all these things that like stick with you viscerally. Yeah. You know, it's just some guy in a studio just like <laughs> picking up random stupid stuff and seeing what kind of sound it makes. Yeah, you know, whacking springs and like <laughs> recording the vibrations and things like that. So yeah, you can have real fun like behind the scenes. I think with making. Yeah. Um, so again, like like I was saying, like yesterday, I just spent all day making props. You know, they're not they're not going to be. I'm not showing a video of making the props. So like, it's like Logan's logs. Like it wasn't. Here we're going to make adamantium claws. <laughs> it's like no, they're just in. They're just in the movie. Right. <laughs> um, and yeah, same with like I, I was speaking to Jess about it, and she was the same. She's like, yeah, I spent like two weeks making boots and a dress <laughs> <laughs> in a video where I made a sword. Yeah. <laughs> But uh, it's funny you saying that about um, the the sound stuff. Um, I know uh, just recently the BBC released their uh, their sound archives, and there's like sixty five thousand 
Beasts or something like that sounds that they've released. Oh. And and it's brilliant because some of them are like so incredibly specific. Like uh, what was one of them was uh, not distressed chicken, but like <laughs> so, but like some really random specific type of sound that a chicken was making. And, <laughs> and they are then and apparently there's like a whole story that goes with them. I think it was on uh, the um, No Such Thing as a Fish podcast um, a few weeks ago, and they were talking about it and like the story behind. Ha- how some of those sounds were made is brilliant because a lot of them it was just a you case mean they didn't of, just stress a chicken no exactly <laughs> but like a lot of them were like things like they over lunchtime the sound engineers would just go into the canteen and be like you guys are free for half an hour can you just come and make some noise in the in the sound recording what does that lasagna sound like if you slot yeah. it in the tray exactly and just so much stuff like that and uh and i think that's that's quite a fun part of of um of making videos and things like that is, is the fact that you can kind of play around with that sort of stuff. And like, like you say that the, the random sounds you did and the, the matrix video that you did, that was fucking brilliant. <laughs> like it, for, in terms of, of what it's got to do with the literally just the actual, um, the making of, of that sign, it, it didn't relate. Obviously it, it's linked in by what it means and all that. Yeah. But, um, but yeah, you know, you could have produced just a nice, good quality video with just um, just shots of, of what you're actually doing. And you, know, you could have talked to the camera and, and told a, a story like that. But the fact that you were like, no, actually, I'm going to I'm going to go the extra mile. I'm going to do a little bit of, of, of After Effects stuff and, and make this fucking hilarious, <laughs> weird little scene. The, the bit where you walked into the room... <laughs> Whilst you were on the computer, and I was thinking, "What the fuck are you doing, Al?" And, and like that—that's no, nah, still don't know. <laughs> um, but yeah, and, and I think it, that's the thing, it's, and that sort of stuff is happening more and more in uh, in the making community, and not just not just with YouTube videos, just with builds in general. People are just kind of are daring to be a bit more experimental. Um, people appreciate it as well, you know. People, yeah, people love Frank Howarth because he makes amazing things. But they also probably love him because he's, you know, he's like he was like the pioneer of kind of make a stop motion. A lot of people try it, but he's got it down to an art. You know, he's he's got rigs set up in his workshop for like you know time lapse cameras that move and pan and you know, and so he's he's kind of got it down to 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 an art. Um, on top of the things that he's making, which are also fantastic. Yeah, you know, so I, th- I think people do pay attention and people do appreciate all these this this extra effort that's going into stuff. Well, I I think you know you're always going to take influence from from the things we've we've mentioned this a couple of times, but it's all exposure, right? If you have a lot of knowledge or got really into some niche thing that no one else really seems to watch, at some Niche. point it's going yeah, at some <laughs> point it's going to feed into your day to day, right? It's the same thing with mannerisms. Like if you have enough exposure to Al, you're going to say fill your boots every now and then, <laughs> but with with film and pop culture and things like that it may be something like music it may be something like taking stop motion that ray harryhausen was you know kind of the pioneer of doing these stop motion in video with his clay figures and whatnot mm-hmm. but at some point somebody's going to end up going you know what i really want to do this thing and there's no way i'm going to get a 40 foot tall godzilla in <laughs> and build that for a prop so what if i built one this big and then did stop motion animation and then yeah. you get to challenge yourself with can I remake because we have 
this is always a hilarious thing when it comes to doing visual effects and after effects when I do them. It's like, man, making the Firefly intro took me a week. It took me a week with footage provided from you guys to produce something like that in some off hours. It probably took 30 people <laughs> months to put something like that together before, you know, things like After Effects existed. So we have we have the opportunity to challenge ourselves to do things that were extremely difficult given the tools and things available to the people back in the day. But, you know, if you wanted to make Old Brainless run and attach it to your arm, I could help you do that. <laughs> it wouldn't take much to do that. We'd wrap your hand in a green sleeve and then just visually replace it. But I, you know, things like uh, actual cinematography, which we, we kind of started out talking about in the pre-show, but there are reasons I like certain compositions in my shots or reasons I like certain lighting in my shots or why is this thing in the foreground versus this thing? I hate man-made objects that are clean and new and beautiful. Mm. That's like a very typical photography yeah. thing, right? You could yeah. take a beautiful landscape, but if there's a fucking car right in the middle of it, it sucks, right? Because <laughs> yeah. it takes away from like, I'm capturing nature's beauty. Also, there's a really old 1992 Hyundai <laughs> right in the middle. Oh. <laughs> yeah. So, you know, all of us taking our influences from everywhere. I, I, I like digging into people of like, where did you come up with that idea? Or, yeah. or where did that, like, what fed you into this color scheme? Or it could be a build, a specific build. Um, the Tiny X was from Alex. That was inspiration. But that was really just like visual and challenge mm -hmm. versus, oh, I'm going to make sure I film this exactly like Alex Pohl does yeah. in, in The Forge. Yeah. I mean, it, it's, it's funny um, that you kind of brought it back around onto that. Because one of the things uh, I was going to say when you when you said about the the thought you put into your your shots and the color compositions and, and all that sort of stuff, um, I was going to say that uh, when you guys were were down just after Maker Central this year and we were all in the forge, seeing the um, the ease at which you got some beautiful, stunning footage um, in uh, Alex's workshop was was great to watch it was one of those things it's like watching alex work is is great because it's watching someone that's so talented do it watching you just set up that shot just get it all lined up get the color perfect um just even straight out the camera before doing anything to it it looked great um and seeing that was really really nice to see and it was both frustrating <laughs> and inspiring because it's frustrating in the way of Fuck! Why? Why is it every time I try and get a shot like that, I get one area that's really whited out and whatever? <laughs> but at the same time, really inspiring because it's like, actually, you know what? If Brett can do it, can anyone can do it? Um, and <laughs> I don't know how to feel about that, but also yeah. thanks. Um, but uh, but yeah, no, like w watching that, it, it it was both those things, and I um and I really enjoyed it, and and I think like there's there's films that I've watched where. I've I've watched it and I've gone. Actually, I really like the way that they've used color there, and you know, there's there's things that I want to learn um, in terms of uh, post production editing and, and as well as like using filters on the camera and, and things like that to be able to produce similar sort of of color themes. Yeah. Um, so I want to make sure, like like Brett said, like I'm 
very much the same. I don't like nice, clean things. I like dirty, rusty old crap. And that's part of what, um, like the, the aesthetic of my, um, Instagram and, and channel and everything else is. Um, so I quite like, like bringing that back in, but at the same time, I, I do really like the idea of using really blatantly obvious, um, color cues like you get in say uh hero for example um oh the, yeah. Yeah, yeah 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 the 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 separation of those stories through color so when you're telling a um when you're telling like a multi-part story being able to actually separate the individual parts out by their their color schemes i think that's a really interesting thing to play with and that's something that mm-hmm. i I'd, I'd really like to do if i was doing like a multi-part build <laughs> this i don't i don't mean to to put myself on anywhere even close to the same situation as, you know, a Jet Li epic. But <laughs> um, if you look at the build video visually, and this this just happens because I've been doing it. I've, I've, I've just been making videos for a long time. I haven't been doing the making videos and the, and the maker community stuff. But if you look at that video uh, on a color gram, like his, histogram, color gram, if you look at the Tiny Axe video... It's very warm, yeah, and it ends very cool. And then, like, it has a color dynamic that shifts with the pacing of the music because it's yeah. a little bit more like beefy at the beginning, and then it cools down. That's just subconscious BS mm-hmm. stuff that I feed yeah. into the videos because it's what I want to do. Whether or not they will actually ever get picked up on anybody by anybody is besides the point, right? There's reasons yeah. why. Uh, videos that just call out the Easter eggs of films. You know, there are people that just go out and look for the really, really crazy subtle things that are referenced in the background because no one else will know to them, yeah. notice them. But clearly the director or the producer had this thing in mind of, hey, in the background of this, can you just put like a little <laughs> happy face sticker and that'll be yeah. a reference to this really deep cut reference thing that no one will understand except for 10 people. <laughs> but those 10 people will really appreciate it. Yeah. But I mean, but it even goes back into like the again talking about like the the color of things. Like um, your um, uh, the the series you did last year um, with like the horror themed builds um, in October, like leading up to to the um, the Catclaw build, um, like the the Frankenstein um, Frankenstein table. which which is genuinely still one of my favorite videos that you've ever done that is so weird though why i i don't know it's just something about it i really enjoyed and (laughs) i think it was just the fact that it was the first time i saw you being really fucking weird and it was like yeah i like it with Um, my welding sunburn on my face yeah yeah. (laughs) um like the the fact that it was you'd obviously um used a lot of uh of filtering on that to, to get the colors right and to give it that that mood and that theme and i think that's something that you notice with um with people when they're putting out uh again even just um photos on instagram the the people that, are, that when they first start they're just taking a photo and you know they do a little bit of quick editing and that's it then you know they put it out and then you see them progress and and by the time they've been doing it for six months a year or whatever they're putting out, they're taking the same photo, but they're just a few little tweaks and they're making it so much more than it was before. Um, I mean, it's, 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 what, it's what you're putting into it, isn't it? It's, it's yeah. your, you know, that's what makes somebody a photographer or a filmmaker. Yeah. Putting it. So you, you mentioned Hero. 
like uh, Zhang Zhang Yimou, Zhang Zhang Yimou, I think the director. Um, yeah. The first the first film that popped into my head when we started this conversation was House of Flying Daggers. Yeah, because I love it just because it's a like cheesy action film and there's loads of cool like scenes in it. But the 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 color work is amazing. But for me, the sound is stunning in House of Flying Daggers. Yeah. Like to the to the point where they're kind of walking in the snow and stuff, and there's just all the sound effects and um, the bit with the, the 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 little dry beans when they're hitting the drums. Yes. And it's just like, you know, that that in the cinema where you've got like surround sound and you just hit and it's all your senses are just going fucking crazy. Um, you know, that's that's a, a a sort of trademark of that director. And again, going into Hero, they just told you know, I, I couldn't tell you the plot of Hero, but <laughs> I can remember scene by scene all yeah. the beautiful things and the colored dresses and, you know, like all the bits that are interested in that film. Yeah. I like. Also looking at, it's the same with build videos and and YouTube channels and Instagram folks that are out there that I try and follow. It's like finding, I I mentioned it a minute ago, but finding the really unique aspect to whatever that thing is, right? Whatever you build, that's great. I'm sure it's a good product or a good end product, you know, and we can all appreciate that. But if you take the extra time to put a little bit more into it, um, it's what makes a movie like Constantine, which mm-hmm. I, nobody likes that movie. Or I no like one movie. has seen it. <laughs> I like the movie. I don't know. A lot of people are weird about that movie because it's Tilda Keanu Reeves movie. Too. Say what? Tilda Swinton's badass in it. Yeah, Tilda Swinton is amazing. But sound design wise, that has Take Five from Dave Brubeck in it, which is one of the most quintessential <laughs> jazz songs ever. Yeah. And it's just an aside playing in the background of his yeah, yeah. apartment, which is also visually. Probably one of the most stunning, like home apartment set design <laughs> greens and oranges and rust and all this weird. He's above a bowling alley. Who knows if that's what all bowling alley upper stories look <laughs> like, but I doubt it. And then, uh, cinematography wise, the the scene when they're in the when they're on the street and Rachel Weiss gets her first experience of this situation. Yeah, yeah. There's these beautiful long shots and the lights get practically turned out and, and all this cool visual design with the sulfur burning, whatever. Making a bunch of references no one will understand <laughs> if you haven't seen the movie. But basically, that's a super underrated movie in my mind. But I think there are strong aspects of what was done in that that make me appreciate it a hell of a lot more. That yeah. Also, the scenes where he kind of goes through the flashbacks with what's going on with the side character yeah. Um, is really neat, but there's tons of makers also doing similar stuff out yeah. there. You know, Al, you color graded the entire Matrix build in a very Matrixy style. Mm. You did our, you did our, uh, our little music, music. <laughs> you, you had to send me, you had to send me a picture of it to go. Look, there's chromatic aberration in it. Like, no <laughs> one's gonna know that. No one's now because they're taking the fucking thing down. But well, yeah, yeah, but um, yeah. You took the extra time to like. <laughs> wanted to try and recreate the original video and and i think you did a bang on job yeah yeah but you know without without, like just using a vhs filter in after effects or something kind of you you know you you can you can get a a stop motion effect to fake stop motion but i think that that kind of takes out the point of you putting in effort to yeah to understand why you've done it Um, well and i'm i'm still not sure that they're all that great like they're close yeah 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 they just don't they're never quite going to be the thing. And, you know, not to step on what you're saying, but people may not have noticed the difference had you used, it's a jig, yeah, right? Yeah. When we talk in the making world, it's like, 
oh, I can make a thousand of these because I made a jig that basically does it for me. Well, there has to be an appreciation given to the fact that they made a jig so that they could recreate the thing that they've made that people like that they're on production level with. Yeah. It's another thing entirely to go. I make all of these very unique, all by hand, all with unique materials. And so, you know, it, yeah, you got a choice in there. I, I filters are great. <laughs> Whatever. Yeah. I mean, I, I think one of the things like that. All right. Sorry. Just, just on press point. <laughs> a, a jig is something you make yourself. Yeah, exactly. So a filter you, that you buy yeah, from somebody so you, else is very different. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. Well said. Well said. Um, uh, yeah, and I think kind of like the the, the crux of of what we've been saying here is that it's it's putting that little bit of of extra effort in and, and taking that inspiration from from wherever and and setting yourself apart. So yeah, it, it's not just making a. Uh, a bog standard build it's it's doing the build and then putting that little bit more into it and you know that doesn't necessarily just apply to we've obviously been talking about like cinematography type stuff but just making something your own and making it um visibly audi- audibly whatever appealing mm. it it makes a huge difference and you know if you can set yourself apart by by putting that little bit of extra effort in here and there and just tweaking it and giving it a, you know, a, a unique selling point, you know, that those little touches that just stop it being another boring standard film picture build, whatever that's, that's what makes us unique. And that's, that's what gets people noticed and that's what gets people you know, set a little bit higher up. I think uh, I think you're spot on, Steve, and I think it's that um, doing something a little bit different or unexpected um, yeah. is what's memorable. Uh, I don't know if you've seen it, but um, this film called Night Watch, a Russian film, <gasps> and uh, Day Watch. Night Watch. What Day happened Watch. to Dusk Watch? Look, I know oh. they never they, they they ran out of budget. It was like yeah. Bakshi's Lord of the Rings. I have um, that movie poster <laughs> on my wall. Out. Yeah. Nice. So, talking about doing something different, like we all know what a, a vampire film looks like. Uh, we all know the the sort of classic tropes and the the ways to get people to understand it's a vampire film and what's going on. Unless you're watching yeah. Dustle Dawn and you didn't know what it was about, and it's great, it's surprising any movie. Yes, um, but uh, Nightwatch just went. You know what? I'm going to make a, I'm going to make a vampire film. How I want to make a vampire film, and this yeah. is how I'm going to communicate how you're in the realm of the vampires, and this is how I'm going to show blood, and this is how I'm going to show time slowing down. And it was just completely different. I've never seen anything like it. Even yeah. to the point where in the cinema, I don't know if you get it on the DVD version, but they um, they animated all the subtitles, so all the subtitles in the film were like made of blood and they disappear. Oh, really? And like when yeah, when there's a swimming pool scene and the, the letters are all dissolving into the water, it's fucking brilliant. Yeah, and like, yeah. the, the amount of effort that must have gone into that, just yeah. animating an entire film's worth of subtitles, you know, but yeah. they're part of the film and where yeah. they appear on the screen as well is like relevant to the storyline. Yeah, yeah, John Wick's doing that now. Is too, it? Right? Yeah, yeah. Oh, right. Okay. And- oh no, it does. Yeah, John, it does. Yeah, yeah, right. But this is, you know, this is the entire film. Oh, so, absolutely, yeah, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. And yeah. not for that, you know, it's a Russian language film. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it's not, yeah, it's not even for their own audience. They were doing yeah. that for for English speaking people. Yes. Yeah. Uh, I, I think that that's the thing is, like you say, like that those little extra bits they might take as long as the the build itself, and they might only be on screen for for thirty seconds, but it would less than thirty seconds, but. I think it makes a huge difference. It goes again back to what Brett was saying about, you know, the guys on Star Wars painting glass that mm-hmm. they'd spend weeks and weeks doing it. 
and it would be on screen for a, a few seconds, but you take pride in that. And I think that's the thing is, you, is if you take pride in every single aspect of it or as many aspects as you're capable of doing, then, then yeah, it, it does kind of set you apart and it, it, it raises you up. Yeah. And I don't want to, I don't want to make it sound like, Oh, well you have to make props and you have to do costumes. And so no, you know, no, no. It's, it's different strokes for different folks, but exactly. on that same reasoning with the, the matte paintings, you know, on the glass, it's, it's just as much that, Hey, you know, it, it's not great to constantly move your camera around or, or want to bring in an extra light to light whatever product you're shooting or to spend the extra 30 seconds to do your filters or doll up your photo or something like that. But it does make a difference. And I think it gets noticed when you put the extra effort in. So we clearly want to take the extra time to make specifically our YouTube videos good. Yeah. You know, we, we want a, a better quality, something a little bit more unique, something a little bit different. And I think we can all agree that we've spent a lot of extra time doing every single one of our videos <laughs> and just adding in as much passion as we possibly can, because that's the that's the way we want it to be received, that you yeah. care about every single thing that's going out there in the world. But yeah. it does it doesn't have to break your back as well. Like, Steve, little things like labeling things in your shop funny. <laughs> so when they're in the video it gives people a little giggle you know yeah. it, we're not saying you have to put you know all the hours in the world into things it's just little touches like that that people might notice they might not notice but when they do it gives them a smile and it just kind of makes it all a little bit more enjoyable yeah yeah exactly um no i think adding in like like you said like those little easter eggs that people that are paying attention can can get a kick out of i think that's great one last thing one last thing and this is just an example it, this is a this is like a challenge example for for people that are listening to go and do take out your camera or whatever your photo taking device would be and stand at whatever your ground level of standing put the camera in front of your face and take a photo now put that camera or phone down by your feet and try and take the exact same photo and see which one looks more unique it's because we're used to seeing everything that we see in the day to day, right? It's, it, it has become so standard that we see eye level one foot in either direction. We can understand the perspective of things, the size of things, whatever, move the camera around, do something a little bit unique, go hang off of a ceiling and take a photo mm. or climb up into the ceiling and then have somebody take a photo of you doing yoga in the ceiling, <laughs> whatever you feel like doing, but just, Challenge yourself to change things up a little bit. You may you may end up finding a really really spiffing way of doing things. Ooh. Ooh. Cool. So I'm going to go first this week. Uh, I'm going to go with. Um, uh, a couple of makers actually um is going to make a couple um and that's uh my good friends over at stoke and bear um the reason i'm spiffing them is because they they do things in a little bit of a unique unique way um so it's a couple called dave and jet and dave builds motorbikes and does some really cool stuff with uh with bikes and jet is uh, a painter um but very, very talented one. 
um, and she's rather than just doing your bog standard, I'm going to paint on a bit of canvas. She's been painting um, uh, motorcycle helmets. Um, she did uh, a couple of fucking amazing ones. Uh, one of them was uh, a Walking Dead themed one that you should really check out, especially if you like The Walking Dead. And the other one was one that she's actually done for Dave, but I so badly wanted to see if I could buy it for uh, Brett because it was a, a bright orange helmet with um, tentacles painted on it, and it just looked fucking <laughs> awesome. Um, but yeah, so yeah, it, it's that coming at things from a different angle perspective that I uh, I kind of think links quite well into what we were talking about today. So um, so yeah, Stoke and Bear are absolutely biffing, and they've actually just opened up uh, their Etsy store this week as well. So extra, nice. extra awesome. So yeah, go check those guys out. Uh, so ow, ow, ow. Yes, um, my spiffy will be keeping on the movie themes, and that is the YouTube channel Red Letter Media. Um, it's kind of it's a they do movie reviews. Um, they also kind of watch classic films and and give detailed kind of breakdowns of of, of awesome old films and what they like about them, why Predator is so fucking good. Um, yeah, and it's it the it's refreshing because they're not. Um, although they do take the piss out of films, especially terrible ones, um, it's all kind of really objective. They're all, you know, it's really clever analysis of films, um, and they, they do it in a, a fun way. You know, they've kind of got a theme, and that it's set in an old video repair store, and it's just like a an entertaining yeah. story. Um, and they do a few a week, so there's plenty of plenty of content. Uh, but I think they're really really good. They really put a different perspective on films, so things that you might have hated, they'll give them a chance. They even yeah. they have got one show where it's like. Uh, best of the worst, where they just get really fucking terrible movies like like Tremors yeah. Eleven, um, and just basically break it down and <laughs> a see if they can sit through it for the entire film, but then yeah. be just talk about it. Um, but yeah, it's a really good channel. Go check it out Red Letter Media. Cool. That's nice. not one I'm actually familiar with, and I definitely think I should check that out. Half in the free, bag. Feel free uh, to go watch uh, the Plinket reviews of Star Wars because he does every Star Wars movie. They're an hour and a half long. Amazing. Yeah. And they're... Oh, yeah, they also do like voiceovers. For, so they'll just do an entire film and just re- re- like do the director's cut voiceover. <laughs> it, it's funny. Like I was just about to say, it already sounds like it's going to be like Mystery Science Theater 3000. Yeah. They, they, here's, here's the biggest thing is it's really easy to be critical. And there's a yeah. ton of just the hardcore critics out there of like, this movie yeah. was horrible and so shitty. And it's what I've said before. Like, There's ways of really finding stuff in, in how much effort it goes into even making a bad film. Yeah. The people that worked on it, it's like, you cannot you cannot come down on a movie that hard and be yeah. that much of a dick about it because it's art and it's perspective yeah. driven. So like, whatever your opinions are, yeah. keep them to yourself. He absolutely rips apart the Star Wars movies, but periodically goes in there of like, this was an amazing scene. Yeah. If they yeah. just would have left this in there, it would have been perfect. And, and they'll, like, ex- they'll explain what is working and what's not working. So that's why I like it because they're actually teaching you about what makes good films. Yeah. Yes. You know, they, they obviously, that is why they're so passionate about it because they understand yeah. why that certain scene in Star Wars is terrible or why that there's only one camera and it's so close to you and there's no sense of perspective because it's all green screen and it's terrible. Yeah. That's why you're not enjoying the film. That's why you're not immersed in it. Yeah, yeah. So it's, it's really it's really useful for kind of learning about film. Well, it's yeah. nice. It's nice 
to develop that so people just don't go, I didn't like it. And you go, yeah. well, why didn't you like it? And you <laughs> go, I don't know. It looked, it looked dumb. Yeah. Yeah. Like, yeah. It was it's Aliens quick. Fighting Predators. Well, yeah, that's the name of the film. <laughs> <laughs> you went to a movie and paid for a ticket and then didn't like what the title of the film was. <laughs> Congrats. Um, yeah, no, just to quickly go back on um, something Brett was saying that he literally took the words out of my mouth. Um, Oi. Sorry. Someone was saying the other day about the, fact you kissing me. about the fact that, um, that movies are really fucking hard to make and a lot of people don't appreciate how difficult they are to make even a shit film. Um, and I can't remember who the fuck it was. It was a podcast I was listening to recently. Um, it was the one you were and, listening to just now. Uh, with no, me wasn't, talking. Fools with tools. No. It was when I was driving home the other day from work, so shut up. Uh, but yeah, no, films films are really fucking difficult to make, and I, I think if you think a little bit more, and you kind of, like we've been talking about in this episode, you think a little bit more about like those kinds of things, and if you watch things like um, two of the three uh, uh, spiffies in this episode, like you'll kind of start to realise how much thought goes into it. Um, so, yeah, sorry. I just wanted to basically add on to what... Hammering that one home, I get it, yeah. Steve. You're a blacksmith. Uh, oh, okay, so ooh. my spiffy is Jacko. Yay! Because Jacko is one of the other folks in the in the makerspace where, you know, he's got a big following and he's he's really aware of the fact that, you know, there's plenty of people that like his high-speed footage and he's like oh it's the people that come that watch the clickbaity stuff because they want to see something but he goes i really want people to think and you know he puts so much effort into the stuff behind the scenes where he shot a Fortnite video where they like strapped a drone to a to a rocket that they made the prop for and it's it's referencing this game that's really popular right now Fortnite. and jocko's running around jumping with the gun and moving like one of the characters in the game and it's one of his like most disliked videos in a really long time. It didn't get a lot of views. And he was chatting with me about it when he was here last time. And I remember he he's pretty numb to the fact now because he knows it's going to go one way or the other, like or dislike wise. But he really loved working on that. And people didn't really watch it or really respond to it the way that he wanted to. And then he makes his CNC video where he stops it, sets up a smoke machine just to make it this <laughs> visual masterpiece with the lighting and the smoke. And he even posted a couple of stories about it, you know, talking about the smoke machines and whatnot. So I love that he puts the extra effort in there. He's a yeah. total, he's a total geek and filmophile. He just, you know, he has to make his choices between, doing a million hours of work for his maker knife situation or putting in the extra 30 minutes of effort to set up a smoke machine. So I have to appreciate that. I'm sure everybody watches Jocko, but go watch Jocko. Pay attention to all the goofy stuff he does behind the scenes. It's well worth it. Yeah, I would definitely agree with that. Um, One more. Does it have a jingle? Does it jingle? Does it jingle? No, no, I wasn't thinking. I wasn't going on to that. Jingle I was going to go. There's back. movies, back. movies of the month. <laughs> I was going to oh. go back on to Brett's other um, recommendation that we talked about before. Yeah. Cineplex. Cineplex. Feel on that as well. 
What's that? I said, did you want to do a little spiel on that as well? Well, yeah. I guess if you're going to cut this out or delete it all. No, I'm just going to leave it in. <laughs> you're terrible. <laughs> People are going to have to listen to the ramblings. Yes. Um, that's why they love this show. All right. It's, so those are the little extra bits that we leave in. All right. Fine. So there's a channel that we've referenced before called Cinefix. Um, they do a lot of film analysis and, and specific kind of educational base. Like, here's why this scene works or here's why the composition of this speaks to you as a visual person versus somebody that, you know, might watch a recreation or they always do the the, the new version of a movie and the old version of a movie. They, they do some analyses that way. But they're, one of the most recent videos they put out were 10 best scores from film of all time. And as YouTube goes, there's constant top five, top 10 lists, whatever, where it's just people rattling off. Like this is a, an opinion based list. We like John Williams. Everybody likes John Williams. It's great. The cool thing about it is that Cinefix has John Williams on the list somewhere, but probably where you wouldn't expect it. And the the amount of analysis they go into with the composers of these films in this little video is awesome. And it's something that a lot of people don't talk about. You know, you have your four or five big names. Everybody understands like you get what Zimmer Hans Zimmer. Yeah. Yeah. So he's done a ton of amazing stuff. Um, There are certain names people would recognize in the film space, but as far as I'm concerned, music is is kind of overlooked, and there's a reason that if I said "hum the Jurassic Park theme," that almost everybody could do it. Yeah, because it's that quintessential to the film. Um, it's a fun fun video to go and watch, and a fun channel to follow if if yeah. you're into movies. Yeah, I mean, I I think um, for me, I, I I like I said earlier, I did an, I did an A level in media studies, and I genuinely think I've learned more through watching uh cinefix than i ever learned in a classroom um they're just really good like 10 15 minute videos uh there's a few like top 10 of whatever or like the best bits of whatever but the beauty of it is they don't just go this bit was really cool and look at this it's they actually go into the, the reasons why and there's a lot of films that you may not have heard of and it's not just um it's not just big budget blockbusters as well. There's like foreign films and things like that in it as well. So uh, yeah, they do. They really are like passionate about, uh, about cinema and, and they like sharing that passion. So yeah, I think um, considering what we've talked about in this episode, definitely just go and check out just one Cinefix video. And if you like it, you'll be hooked. If you don't, then whatever. Uh, cool. So we are also going to do an extra thing for this uh, this episode, and it might eventually turn into a slightly more regular feature. Um, and we're going to recommend something for you guys. So as well as recommending all of the YouTubers and the Instagrammers and the makers and the things, we're going to recommend a film. And I think it's probably best if Al recommends this one and talks a little bit about this one. Yeah, uh, yeah, we discussed it um, a little bit, talking about Hero, uh, the director of Hero. Um, But I'm a much bigger fan of the previous film, House of Flying Daggers. Um, I think it was was kind of riding on the coattails of um, Crouching Tiger as the first kind of 
sort of Hollywood-esque um, film come out of Hong Kong and, and Chinese cinema that kind of really embraced this this global um, love of the you know I was I was already massive fan of of Asian cinema Japanese yeah. films Hong Kong films you know it's what I was brought up on um, but then when when Crashing Tiger came out you know suddenly there was a whole generation of people you know I remember like people at school who'd never watched a foreign film suddenly watching yeah. coming in and talking about this film oh my god they were yeah. flying and they were flying <laughs> through the trees it was fucking nuts I've never seen anything like it yeah um, but for me House of Flying Dagger just has has an edge there's a, there's an atmosphere about the whole film which I really enjoy um I think it comes from uh the visuals Steve you were talking about the the the, the director how they use color uh, really well in their films um but yeah. for me it was about this this the sound and specifically the foley work um I'm not don't really remember much of the soundtrack. I think they used a bit of. Is it Hans Zimmer in Gladiator? Uh, Hans Zimmer did the score for Gladiator. I want to say yes. Uh, oh, someone, someone German. Anyway, um, yes. There's a, yes. There's a, Hans Zimmer. Hans yes. Zimmer did the theme. Ah, cool. there's, there's a theme in Gladiator, and they used the same theme in the trailer for House of Flying Daggers. Um, and it like it really got me going. It's that really sort of this, I think they use it in Man on Fire as well. Um, it really got me going. But then I don't think it's even in the film. But the, I just remember the all all the sound effects were really fantastic, and it really fed into this atmosphere. And, and there was lots of sort of three sixty sound work as well. So yeah. thinking about where audio comes from, you know, is is really if you know, like opening scene of Apocalypse Now, you know, it's fucking it gets you just because of the direction of audio. Um, and it, yeah, I, I I love the film. Um, if you've not seen it, I think it's our first recommendation but go watch house of flying baggers it's great film. yeah awesome. like good, good cast as well really good cast really good cast yeah i must admit i when it very first came out i i did the typical fucking pretentious dickhead that i was when i was a kid of being like no that's just a copy of house of flying daggers <laughs> and uh, crouching tiger yeah, hidden yeah. dragon and uh yeah no i then about five years later watched it again properly and it's Fucking brilliant. Um, cool. Uh, Brett, uh, okay. Uh, any other business? A-O-B. Anyone? Nope. Nope. Okay, cool. Uh, let's wrap this thing up and go then. So, uh, yeah, you can find all of us on all of the usual social medias. You can find me at Moonshine Metalworks. You can find Brett at Skull and Spade 13. You can find Al at Al's Hack Shack. Al's Hack Shack! Al's Hack Shack! And you can find us uh, at fwtpodcast.com and other things. And we've got a Facebook group and it's great. And we're on Patreon and we're doing all sorts of other things. So go find us in those places. Uh, Check the website for the shows and we'll have links to all of the things that we've talked about. And I think that's it. So bye. Bye. Life moves pretty fast. If you don't stop and take a look around once in a while, you could miss it.